2: all right what is going on everybody how you doing what's up welcome to a bonus wednesday episode of talking buffalo podcast buffalo bills mock draft version five our fifth in a series of six that we're doing on wednesdays leading up to the nfl draft starting on thursday the 29th i am back here in my comfortable home studio here in florida with my trusty microphone, all the comfortable chairs and all that stuff around me after recording a podcast quite literally in my car on Monday. And as always, I got my buddy for this series, Aaron Quinn from Cover One Buffalo with me. What's going on, dude? How are you doing on this fine, uh, well,
1: late Monday, Tuesday evening? I don't even
2: know what day it is anymore. It's Tuesday evening, man. What's going on, buddy?
1: (laughs) I'm good, man. I don't... The, uh, we're going to get some of that weather that you hate that late October, early November weather is heading here to Buffalo. It got pretty cold here this evening and we're getting some snow coming in, man. And I couldn't be more upset about it. We just had 70 degrees a week ago here, dude. I got got out out. just
2: in time, man. I was there for five days. I think I was there for, I wanted to hook up with you. We will at some point, hopefully this summer. I still feel like with you having two young kids right now, you know, it's still a little it's bit. It's definitely
1: a good excuse for me to not leave the house. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a I won't lie. I want to hang out with you and I will do it when we come up, but I'm the worst when it comes to making plans, dude. And I always back out on plans. I, I'm probably one of the worst people alive when it comes to that <laughs> stuff. But for you, I'll, I'll make a special trip out of my house.
2: Yeah. And like I said, for now, the time being, you you got an excuse. I did do one show in Buffalo. I hope to do a couple, but I only got a chance to do one. I got in on Thursday and I went right to 26 shirts, the office, and did a, my casual Friday with Dell. That was a good time, but that was kind of weird because it was like a a wide open office, like not a room, like yeah, a whole spaces. entire it's office, really big space, and there were four other people on his staff working. So it was kind of just, you know, it was a little awkward and different at first, but Got used to it after a while. Yeah, the the office is and really cool. Gell, man,
1: he's Hollywood. He's used to the yeah, you know, being the center of attention. So yeah, he's big time and, now, man. He's always on somebody's podcast and shit. I love seeing it.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're uh he's building a nice little like retail shop inside 26 Shirts the Office. I saw where that people can come in and get some shirts. They're gonna have a couple exclusives that you can only buy there. Really cool building. But yeah, that was fun. And and again, like I said, I, I wanted to do a couple shows, but honestly, eating and drinking happened. And uh hangovers and happen, and sleep been happening. Um I was going to do a show Sunday night. So I went to my daughter's real quick and we're going to get into our draft journal. People really don't really care about my story, but I I, I do got to say this. So Sunday evening I went to my daughter's house for dinner and I meant to eat and uh I was going to go do a podcast with Joe Giordano, a Sabres podcast somewhere early Sunday evening and I fell asleep on her couch. I ate, I laid down on the couch. I was out for like an hour and a half. By the time I came to and got the motivation to do it, it was too late. So then, like I said, I was stuck with no guests or a Tuesday show. I didn't want to have to rush back to Florida and put something together on Monday night. So I just, I pulled over around the corner to a quiet place near my mom's and took out my microphone and my little portable recorder. And I, for the first time ever, I just recorded a, like a half hour podcast in my car. It was Interesting. This is much better though. That's the
1: first uh, the first podcast I ever did was way back. A friend of mine has a podcast about pop culture and we sat in a car and did a little extracurricular activities and recorded a podcast and it sounded great actually. And it, yeah. I've actually we've done one live. Greg, my co-host at Cover One Buffalo used to travel a ton for work and stuff. And one time he was traveling and staying with his in-laws, I think. And he was at they didn't have internet. So he went outside and sat in the driveway and picked up the neighbor's internet and did it from his phone, did a live show <laughs> from his phone. Now that's commit. I knew from that moment on that Greg was our guy. Like he's <laughs> he's committed to the cause.
2: The sound itself, the like the, the acoustics of a car are actually pretty good. Now, what I did I didn't have headphones though, and yeah. I had a handheld microphone or handheld and I didn't realize it would, I was like popping my peas really bad. I was oh, not,
1: whatever as long as you don't have a guest and you can hear the feedback without the headphones. Plus, I
2: nobody do. was listening yeah. probably anyway. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> our, our audio for our podcast is terrible and nobody cares. As long as you have good content. you own get it though. Over it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> as long as you own it, that's cool. So again, this is going to be our fifth in the series of six Buffalo Bills mock drafts. I'm not going to go through all the picks from the first four, but I will say this. A lot of these picks, especially the early ones, have kind of been all over the place. On our first one, we went with the running back, Travis Etienne, in the first round. In our second version, we went with Eric Stokes, a corner from Georgia. In our third version, and I'm still kind of stunned that we did this, but uh, we ended up with a wide receiver the way the board fell. It just was a disaster for us. Uh, We took Kadarius Toney, the wide receiver from Florida. And then last week, our fourth version, Caleb Farley fell to us, the corner from Virginia Tech. Uh, we've went beef in the second round, all four round or all four mocks. Uh, we took Dickerson, White, Davis, two interior offensive linemen. Uh, we traded up for Gregory Rizzo in one of our drafts and Carlos Basham, a defensive end from Wake Forest. Anyway, is there anything that stuck out to you over these four uh, mocks that we've done? Now, I know you do a million mocks. You do them every day. You do them on cover one Buffalo as well, but for the purpose of our mocks, has anything stood out to you? Because for me, I feel like the one thing that I've learned now at this point is if you really like a defensive end, if it's Jalen Phillips or um or Quidi Pay, for sure them two, and then maybe like Aziz uh Ajulari. I almost feel like you're you get rid of the thought of getting them at 30, because I just feel like that's not gonna happen. I don't know how you feel about that, but what have what have you taken away from this so far?
1: I think it'll be interesting to see where the difference in Mock drafts versus reality comes in, what is sure. it, 12 days or t- away from the draft? What are we? Uh, just a couple weeks here away from the draft. I think one of those positions is going to run uh, in terms of Bill's priority positions, which is cornerback and defensive end. And I think if you took a pie, like our friend Bruce likes to have the uh, pie, everybody gets a slice of the blame. If you took a pie chart and said, you know, what do the Bills need? I think the biggest slices are going to be comeback, cornerback, and defensive end. I think everybody would agree that those are the priorities. One of those positions is going to run. I don't know that the other one will. And I think that's what we're seeing in a lot of mocks, right? And, and when we run mocks, we're definitely seeing it at the edge position. Uh, but I think cornerback has a chance to have a run to it, too. And I agree with something. I think we, you might even said it off air that there's also, I think, a lot of discrepancy in my own views of prospects from what we're seeing, these mock drafts boards built off of. And I'm assuming that there's probably some discrepancy also in the, mm-hmm. what like the bill scouts and other team scouts have versus these boards. So a lot of these mock scenarios, a guy you brought up is not Samuel jr. A lot of these mock draft things are having him available in the second round. I don't know that that's true. He might be the third, fourth cornerback off the board. Like we, I, I'm not sure that he's, a second round prospect that's going to last until the bill's second round pick. Like I I just think there's a good chance that he is a first round pick and he might be the best available cornerback when the board falls to the bills at 30 type of thing. So those are the things that I'm learning is I think these mock drafts are fun exercises, but I'm interested to see the difference uh, from how their boards are generated to what we actually see on draft night uh, from NFL teams. And that one of these positions is going to run. And Brandon Bean talked about it a little bit in his presser today about whether or not you stay put, move back, or possibly move up. And it it really is a real living, breathing decision. Like, you can run all the simulations you want, but when it's go time and it's draft night, like, you have to make that decision sort of in the moment and be flexible.
2: Yeah. To piggyback your point, when you mentioned Asante Samuel, yeah, I don't think there's any, well, I shouldn't say there's no chance. I don't think he's going to be around for very long in round two. and If at all, right. Right, and I'm getting to a point going through this process, and we have not taken him once because, again, maybe we thought that 30 was a little too rich, but he was not available either with the second pick. I just feel like this guy, it just feels like a really good fit to me. For on this Bills. team For right now, yes, for the Bills, yeah. for right now and for the future. Brandon Bean, you mentioned the press conference he had on Tuesday. I mean, he went out of his way to say, that whoever they take, they're thinking both long-term and now, but more long-term than now. So the, the guy at 30 isn't automatically going to come in and be a starter. Now, when we do these mocks, not just us, I think anybody, I think they do it with the goal of finding a day one starter. And I'm sure Brandon Bean's operating that way too, but- We'd like to, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think if there's a guy who could help you right now, but he's got a, a lower floor as opposed to a guy who- might not do as much for you as a rookie, but he's got a very high ceiling and you're going to get him for several years where his best play is going to be better than that short-term guy, right. I think they'll take it. But back to my point about defense, Ven, I keep arriving at that because of the teams that are drafting not far in front of the Bills. There's just so many threats to take a, a defensive end before the Bills do if they really lock in on one of the guys from Green Bay at 29, New Orleans at 28. Baltimore at 27. Those, that's three straight teams in front of the Bills. They could all go defensive end. Uh, I wouldn't say Cleveland now, now that they got Clowney. No,
1: not Cleveland, yeah. But, uh,
2: you know, G- Jacksonville, who could move down Pittsburgh at 24. So there's a lot of Tennessee at Cleveland 22. Cleveland now is probably
1: your target, right? I think we tried to trade up with Cleveland in yeah. one of these drafts. I think that's probably your target. If you yeah, were absolutely. a trade up to get a guy, that's what, where are they picking at? They're 26. Yeah, that's not going to... Disrupt the future, which is yeah, another thing Brandon Bean talked about, right? Like yeah. it, we can move up without disrupting the future as long as we're not trying to get in like the top 15. Yeah, uh, that And so or Jack- I think Cleveland's that spot.
2: Cleveland at 26 or Jacksonville at 25. I really think if the <clears> Bills <throat> want to come up and get a defensive end or maybe a corner, whatever, that's not going to break the bank. I think that's about as high as you can realistically go without having to get into giving up second rounders or a first next year, stuff like that. So we'll keep yeah. that in mind, by the way, when we're going through this process. Um, another thing, too, and you talked about this on Twitter. So just hit on this a little bit, then we'll get going. You, you're stress-free right now. Like You're in a good, yeah. in a good headspace right now. And you kind of tweeted about that. So for people who don't follow you on Twitter or don't have Twitter at all, just talk about what your mindset, what your attitude is right now, how you feel about this team going into the draft and why you were like in a, in a nice, relaxed mode.
1: Yeah, well, I think Brandon Bean sort of even nailed it with what you said about that 30th pick that they're thinking long term in the sense that they do want a day one starter. I think everyone wants to win the draft and come out with two first round picks and uh, or guys that you had graded and they're both going to contribute this year and a bunch of good prospects uh, with high potential. That's the idea. We know that draft rates 50 percent league wide year in, year out, no matter how good you are. Brandon Bean's going to miss on draft picks. Everyone does. Uh we also know that this bill's roster is ready to compete right now for AFC championships before the draft and before adding anybody. So I've never been less stressed or less worried. And in my, whatever 20 years of being an adult bills fan not just a kid and following the draft and stuff like that it was so stressful year in and year out all the the many drafts looking for a quarterback that's the most i'm so i couldn't be more thrilled to not have to deal with all the drama surrounding quarterbacks this year and and trying to get the fourth best one or something to save your franchise and turn around we don't have to deal with that we have a franchise quarterback he's probably going to be here for the next 10 15 years what a great feeling like we're not hoping on some freak athletic wide receiver to get the offense going because we couldn't get anybody the ball a year ago. Like this isn't a prolific offense that you could add a weapon to if you want, or add some beef to the offensive line, but you're rolling them out right now. You're still talking about one of the best offenses in the NFL and historically the best in this franchise's history. Defense is a top four, five defense DVOA over the last two years. And you pretty much are running that back too. like, this team, the the floor, we've talked about it a few times on this show, the floor is right where they left off. And I know that that team's not going to have the necessarily the same success as the year before, but roster-wise on paper, this is a team that's contending for an AFC championship game. All that can be added from this 30th pick is a benefit. Even if they don't pan out, you have a good, depth, young player to develop. There's only benefit that's going to come out of draft weekend for the Buffalo Bills, even if they don't hit on these picks.
2: Yeah, I would say, especially like for this year, at least anyway. If if they whiff on the pick at thirty, it's not going to hurt them this year. It might hurt them in future years when maybe they're not going to whiff on contracts, right? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, their track record says that they're not going to whiff on these. One more thing that Brandon Bean said too, and and then I want to get this going. That kind of stuck out to me a little bit. He spoke of medicals, and this is the same deal as last year too. Um, He stressed the fact that they don't have the medicals that they wish they had you know, this not being a normal year. So they haven't really had a chance to get guys in and check them. And that directly relates to me to a guy that we picked last week, Caleb Farley, Mm -hmm. who I don't think he would even be be sniffing being around at 30. were not for Dickerson, Dickerson could be another one. Dickerson as well. Yeah. Coming up that torn ACL. So, I mean, do you think after hearing him, does that change your mind? Because we have taken, so we took Caleb Farley at 30 last week. And we took Landon Dickerson at 61 in our first mock, which but I will put money down right now. That dude ain't going to be around at 61. He's more likely to be gone at 31 than 61. But anyway, those guys, do you think, uh, do you think that based on what you heard from Brandon Bean that maybe he might not want to take a risk on drafting a guy in the first round if both those guys were available?
1: I think it'll be Wade. Into the decisions. One thing I think Brandon Bean's really good at, and it, it's kind of funny after he does a press conference to watch everybody scramble to find the hidden meanings behind some of the what he said or to, try, sure. to you know, we, we try to find what he's meaning. I think one, I think he's a super honest dude. I don't think he hides behind misdirection. Uh, in what he says, I think he's a pretty honest guy when he's asked a question. I think he also does a good job of covering all the bases in different scenarios, so he doesn't back himself into a take. How I took that to mean was that that's something that they are going to weigh into those decisions, and but I don't think it takes those guys off a board. If you know what I mean, like I don't think Brandon Bean stated that in a in a way that he's going to totally avoid it. I think it'll be just something that hey. Maybe we have two prospects that are we have late round round one grades on. And this guy, before the injury, we thought maybe he was a mid-first-round prospect. And now there's this, we don't know. So now he's a late first-round prospect. I'm going to go with the guy that has health if they're essentially tied. But I, I don't think he's going to pass on fi- fairly to take a guy with a second-round grade that has doesn't have the health issues. I think you still take the first-round talent. I think... If it falls that way that we dealt with last week, I think you still take the guy with some injury history and hope that your doctors and your million dollar facility can get them to play and return at the level that you had them graded at.
2: All right, well, let's get our fifth mock draft rolling right now. And uh, I would say, I think we've learned realistically that there's no chance. I don't see the Bills and in really any scenario. I don't see any one player falling. That would help them, like right now, that like they gotta have. That I think they would move up anything before twenty. So I think you could safely maybe go through like twenty picks before we even hit pause and kind of get a little uh, examination of where we're at. Now maybe you get some offers before that the trade down or or whatever have you. You want to roll like that though? How do you how do you want to do this one?
1: Yeah, so uh, we I started rolling already uh, while you were talking, and we have a trade offer at twenty one. Hmm. actually, and it's the Colts. They're offering their 21st pick, and they would want our 30th and 93rd.
2: So, so they our, our, first, our third,
1: third. first and third to come up to, where are they, 25 21.
2: All right, well, this gives, this gives us potentially an opportunity to do something that we have not been able to do successfully in our first handful of mocks, and that is come up and get a defensive end that I think is going to be one of the top two defensive ends. So before that, and we'd be giving up our third, I don't think that's very, I think that's a realistic trade. I don't think that's too much to so move up nine spots and give up your third. I don't hate that at all. We'll lose a pick, a third round pick. But uh, let me ask you this, Jalen Phillips and, uh, and Quiddie Pye, wh- where are they at? Are they on the bol- are both on the board or are they gone?
1: So this is a problem and I haven't had anybody tell me how to... Fix this, but when you get a trade offer, the screen blacks out behind it and it just shows you the offer. So I can't see who's available, which is, Mm -hmm. uh, in my opinion, this is a flaw in this draft program. It should pop up the trade, but allow you to see who's been picked and who's going to be available to you, in my opinion. So let me I believe that it's paused at this pick. I hit pause uh, so I could close this window. And then we could repropose the trade to Indy if if it's something we want to take a look at. Do you trust that it's still paused? Yeah, I, I mean, it? and by the
2: way, folks listening, we are doing this in real time. This is not rehearsed. We don't know anything that's going to happen until it happens.
1: So, so yeah, it wasn't paused. That's one of the frustrations I'm having with doing the draft network and doing it live is uh, these trades, the way it comes in and the way the pausing and and stopping it, it can be kind of frustrating. So, anyways, we're here at the 22nd pick and Tennessee has proposed a trade to us against this deal is they want actually they only want your second round and your fifth round of 2021 so you would move this year's second round this year's fifth round to get up to 22 and you would keep 30
2: that feels not realistic
1: yeah I don't think so I,
2: I I want again folks we are trying to be as realistic as possible. We're not trying to manipulate or find any loopholes in a system that might not be right. working at that particular time. We're not tr- trying to put out the draft that the most people are going to be wild by. Right. We're trying so to put out the best draft that we can realistically. That just don't work for me. Not realistic. Yeah. I mean, we could always say that we could be giving up a, a second or a third next year too to make it sound better maybe but
1: sure you know. here's the thing too that a lot of this is about is it's a lot about is the practice right this is us running through these scenarios talking them out uh even no matter who we end up with in this draft i think some of the best things are the conversations that ha- the guys we didn't end up with and where they went so uh for instance i finally got this thing to be able to pause we're at the jets pick at 23 uh we were trying to get up to 21 to take the colts pick they ended up with going Greg Newsom there. So that would have been where you were trying to get to probably is to get a cornerback or like you said, an edge. There mm-hmm. are still some edges available here at 23. Uh, so just to run through real quick, really none of the the top names at edge have been taken. JOK is off the board. I know a lot of people are, are hyping up to trade up for him uh, that he's the kind of franchise altering, Talent that you would trade up for, uh, new. I love them, but I
2: love him, but I don't see JOK coming to Buffalo, I don't see them trading up for him. But
1: uh, yeah, yeah, I don't either. Uh, I mean, Brandon Bean even spoke quite a bit to the whole idea of the big nickel, which we can talk about a little bit later, and that they're not gonna force that, right? Like, right. that's just something that's gonna either it happens or it doesn't. Uh, so right here, though, you're at 23. Elijah Vere Tucker's here. I know mm-hmm. people don't love it. I, this is a guy that I would be willing to trade up for. Uh, again, I think you hit on it with the idea of long-term too. I th- uh, you get him in, he could be the answer interior line. I think he could also play some tackle. So he could be, wherever he plays, I think he's going to be your starter there for probably the next 10 years. So I, I would trade up for a guy like that. Quidi still available. Oljolari's still available. Obviously, I like Najee Harris, uh, but I, we're not going to take a running back probably tonight. But he's still available. Etienne's still available. Uh, Jason Uwe is still available. Le- Jalen Phillips is gone. Land Dickerson's still available. What about uh, what
2: about Jalen Phillips?
1: Uh, let me look real quick. Sorry, where is Jalen Phillips? Let me just try by edge then. Sorry, I don't see him. Yes, he is still available. Jalen Phillips, Pay Olajuwon. That's a
2: scenario that we have not come across. I want one of those guys, but I don't know. I was just trying to decide between Phillips and Pay, but once you said the guard, man, we've been looking at him every single draft, and he's never he's Elijah Vera Tucker, and he has not been around. That's a day one starter in my book. You trade mean- up to get him. He started on day one, and he's not. He's a short term, long term guy. Just like Brandon Bean spoke of. Yeah. I don't know, but I really do. I honestly I get the sense and I'm guessing here and I'm trying to read tea leaves. I get the sense that if all things were equal, he talked about Brandon Bean I'm speaking of, talked about guys being on the last year of their contracts and you know, guys ready to step in. As he was saying that, I'm literally thinking in my mind, Mario Addison and and Jerry Hughes. Right. Those are the guys that I'm thinking right away. Like, those are the guys to replace. We're in a tough spot. I will tell you this, though. I want to trade up. I want one of those guys as long well, as it's so the coach
1: stupid. SIG maybe keeping it realistic. I don't know that the Jets want to move out of this pick. So they're at 23. They're also picking at 34. So I don't know that they want to move back to 30 and pick at 30 and 34. I don't know we, what their We like. discussed.
2: Maybe. We discussed a, a realistic... Landing spot for the Bills to trade up. We were talking about 25 with Jacksonville or 26 with Cleveland.
1: So I went to, I just went to Jacksonville because I knew that's exactly what you were going to say. And we lost out on AVT by doing that. Uh, So he's off the board. He went right before to the Steelers, which is a great fit in my opinion. I think he'll, he'll be one of those great Steelers linemen for the Mm -hmm. next 10 years. Uh, So good for him. Uh, old off the board. He went to the jets. So that was the spot to go up and get him. If you want your guy, I think Jalen Phillips is still here, uh, at the Jaguars pick pay is still here. And that would be an argument that I'd be willing to make, which one to trade up for. I I don't think I'd be mad at either scenario. So if this is your spot and we, we want to get a, we're running out of mocks. So if we want to trade up and get a guy, we're running out of mocks
2: and we're running out of opportunities where we have waited the 30, and one or two or even three defensive ends that we liked all went between like twenty-three to twenty-nine. So we missed yeah. out every time we've done it this way. Sure. If we want a defensive end, and I think Brandon Bean does, I think we gotta try to move up here.
1: Okay. So let's uh take a look. So we're trying to get to the Jaguars pick. So let's offer a If trade. you remember last week, by the way, we
2: tried to move up into this pick and Jacksonville wanted the moon for it. I remember that. It might
1: still, yeah. This might not work out for us uh too. Great. So let's see uh what do we want to offer outside of the swapping the firsts what do you think uh the fifth one trade one of the fifths um i would say they're not gonna take that
2: i don't i don't think they would take that to move to move up five
1: move down five
2: spots you're gonna get mad their-
1: they're not gonna take they wouldn't take a first and a second
2: what this happened last week too yeah what is going on with jacksonville you know what they're gonna reject our trade and they're gonna take one of our defensive ends you want to bet me Let's just, we're going to have to try to get to Cleveland with the next pick, then, if we can.
1: All right, let's get out of here. Let me see if I can smoothly do this without screwing it up. I hate
2: you, Jacksonville.
1: Okay. Yeah, I screwed up. So it went to 26, uh, and it paused, and that was on Cleveland, and they took Jalen Phillips.
2: Who did, uh, Jacksonville
1: or Cleveland? Cleveland. Which, again, I don't think this makes sense for exactly what we noted.
2: it does, unless pretend he went to another team because Jalen Phillips could be a top twenty six pick. Who cares that he went to Cleveland? I don't think that's going to happen because they got Tony
1: yeah. and Garrett. But totally. So, so now we, we got we're we at out again. We're, we're at twenty seven. This is the Ravens. Quiddy pays on the board. Oh, let's does, go get him then. You want to go get Quiddy pay? We have to try. All uh, right. Uh, well, so we. I think there's opportunities. The more we look into this uh, end class, I do think some of what being talked about today is getting those guys that maybe they don't fit the height, speed, you know, crazy intangibles things, but they fit a lot of your other things. And it, look at uh, Eric Turner's thread on Rashad Weaver gets me drooling over the idea of getting Rashad Weaver late in a draft. And even to the fact that I, a few mocks I've done lately, I've taken edge at 30 and then double dipped and got Rashad Weaver later. Cause I, it, again, I think I've said it on this show think it's one of the positions you can double dip at this year
2: yeah and it's also uh, a fair point and i've said this before too you don't automatically have to get a defensive end right now you could roll with what you have this year and you can make next offseason or defensive end priority i'm not saying i so want to do that
1: ravens will take i don't know if you think this is realistic i don't know draft value so uh there w- will take basically 174 in our first round for theirs so the fifth round, second, fifth round pick to move. And that would,
2: to move up, move them spots, back three
1: spots. Yeah.
2: I think that could be realistic. And and again, for the, per, let, let's do it. Do you, you want to the give purposes, them
1: our, our first fifth? Do you think they would yeah,
2: give them, want give 161
1: them a, instead? Yeah. Just for the sake of fairness,
2: 161. And even for the sake of making it a little more realistic, maybe we give them a fifth next year too. Do you know what I mean? Who cares about that? If we offer next year's picks, and it doesn't really affect and it still keeps it semi-realistic, right. I'd be
1: fine with that. But They're evaluating in our play. offer. Congratulations. The Ravens have accepted your offer.
2: Yay. All right. So now we're going to be on the board at 27. And I drafted Mac
1: Jones, who's still an object. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. We are taking Michigan. I'm on uh, one of my favorite, probably my favorite college football team. Taking Michigan, man, Quidipe, edge. So and we're going to
2: lose. And we're going to lose pick one. One sixty-one. one
1: sixty-one. So so here's a spot though. So let's see. We're at pick thirty-nine. Let's take a look. Who's gone. before we get
2: there? Before we get there, though, let me oh, let me ask you this. Well, not ask you. I wanted to point out something. So while you were doing that with all the scenarios, I simultaneously ran a mock draft just to see where we would be at if we stayed at thirty and see how it would differ. This is a hypothetical question I want to ask you here. Here's the top guys that would be available. So. In this mock draft, and again, this is not our official pick. We already made Quiddy Pay, but let's say Pay's gone, larry has gone, Phillips is gone, Tucker's gone, all the Newsom's gone. A lot of the guys that we like are all gone. The top players would be in this mock or this board, I should say. Najee Harris is there at thirty. Travis Etienne's there at thirty. Um, if you like, the, if you like Edge, Jason Owo is there, and, and Joe Tyrone, who I don't think w- w- the Bills would take at a. 30 and Landon Dickerson's there. Kadarius yeah. Tony's there. That would be a fun time. Com- now you got Najee Harris there. Man, that would be tough. And especially if Pay and-, and Phillips, the two defensive ends you like the most, are both gone. Because I think Jason Owe with Penn State to some extent's a project. Najee Harris is coming in. I think he's your workhorse. He's your bull day day one. Yeah. Don't you yeah. Dead? That would be a tough, that would be a tough decision. Again, it? when
1: I said earlier that Brandon Bean doesn't close doors on these things. He was asked specifically about running back and he wouldn't say no, he wouldn't say no, that we've invested too much into running back by taking two third round running backs the last two years. He didn't, he wouldn't say that. And he specifically pointed out that if there's a guy that has an elite trait that you don't have. And he specifically said that Singletary and Moss don't have elite home run ability out of the backfield that you would take that guy. And I think what Brandon Bean understands and I think we as content creators and people on Twitter with opinions, we get too hung up in these like ideas of what you have to do. And I think Brandon Bean understands that, hey, this board could fall the way yours just did. Like we just ran two simulations at the exact same time. And you run into a scenario where he spoke about this, where you, you only say you only have 20 something guys that you have first round grades on, right? And two of those guys... Fall to 30, and those are your, you have two first round grade guys, and then everyone else you have like somewhere in the second round. If those two first round grade guys fall to you at.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And listeners of this show will get a seventy-five dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com/slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com/slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com/slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thirty.
1: You gotta trust the board. You stay with the board, and I. Couldn't see any reason. I don't know if there's some inside information that we don't have, but both Etienne and Najee Harris should be in those top twenty on every single guy's board, regardless of the value of the running back position where you place on it. As football players, when you watch them, these guys are top talents at their position. They can come in and produce in the NFL that matters though. there's value in that and so i i think very much that he left the door open for a scenario play out the way you just had your simulation play out that Najee harris or etn's the guy when you're sitting there still
0: the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff
2: The top two or three defensive ends are gone. The top two or three corners that you really like are gone. And I'm not even talking about Sertain or Horn. I mean, I already know they're going to be gone. I'm talking about guys that they think might be there at 30 and they're gone. If Harrison, ATN, or even one of them are there, I mean, you're going to have yourself, Phil. A really uh, big conversation to have in that Bills war room. But anyway, all right, right. so... Let's keep it rolling. Now we're in the right. round two. So, so how are we? Looking? I got to
1: the 39th pick here. Uh, that's Carolina Panthers. Uh, just to give a quick where we're at here, at early second round. Because I do think another thing that Brandon ben- being mentioned in his press conference was, you know, maybe moving up in round one is too rich and and it is d- dibs too deep into the future. So obviously we've already moved up, but he did say it gets cheaper as you go, and that you know he. Talked about, you know, in these rent, this second night with rounds two and three, where you start to get the itch to come up and try to get maybe another guy that's fallen on your board that you, you have as a first round guy, but something's happened that night before where that first round guys on your board, we saw it uh, with the bills and Cody Ford, you know, I know a lot of GMs will say that after the draft, oh, we had a first round grade on that guy, but it sounds like they did try to move back into the first round to get him as he was falling the night before. And he's still sitting there that night. So moving up early into the second is always a possibility. Brandon Bean, if he has a guy that's a first round value, we know that I think he's aggressive enough to try to, he would prefer. And I think something we've talked about on this show, I'd prefer to leave with two first round graded guys that I think are going to contribute this year than have seven picks. Like, he also spoke to is the seventh round, sixth round, seventh round guy going to make this roster. Those are things that you have to account for. So I would package some picks, even though we just package picks. I would package more picks to get back up here in the middle of the second round if we could, if the, if the right player is there. If you can target an Asante Samuel Jr. type player and you leave this draft with an edge contributor and a guy that can come in and play slot outside corner and, and spell at safety possibly. I
2: I think to move into the second round, if you're gonna go as high as thirty-nine, absolutely it's gonna cost you a second and a third. Right. Because I mean so, you're well, going out from, moving you're going up from sixty-one to thirty nine, you're talking a couple hundred points. Even again, going the old school outdated value chart, it's still gonna be whether it's a third this year or a second and a second next year something like that, it's gonna be uh <clears throat> it's gonna be costly. But if the right guy's there, I do agree. And quickly here, as you're kinda going through and examining scenarios, it is it, it, so they want to stockpile, they want, they want picks, they want depth, they want guys on, he called it cheap labor. They actually said cheap labor because some guys are going to be leaving. There's a lot of guys on one-year contracts. So you want rookies under contract. But again, there's only there's 53 spots on a roster, dude. There ain't going to be seven or eight rookies who make this team. We've said that many times. So yeah, you could stockpile all the picks in the world, but and these dudes ain't going to all make this roster. It's as simple as that.
1: Totally. So, uh, I let the scenario play out a little bit further, uh, guys that I would be willing to move up to get in this round would be like a Wyatt Davis interior offensive line. He went, we did that last week. Yep. He went at 49 to, uh, Arizona. So that is a spot you could probably get to 61 to 49 for not too expensive. If that was your guy and you had a higher round grade on him, uh, Basham, which already got an edge, but Basham's a guy that I like for the bills. He's off the board quarterbacks had a bit of a run here uh, early to mid second. So Stokes went off the board uh, at 39 and then Kelvin Johnson out of Kentucky went off at 41. Aaron Robinson at 51, Asante Samuel jr. At 52. So I'm paused at 53 right here. Uh, Travis Etienne is still on the board, which is Come crazy on. to me. And I would love if he fell. This is, I'm not even going to joke around and people kill me on Twitter. I, if I was Brandon Bean, and I'd be itching, and calling everybody I could to see what it's going to cost Sheet. me to move up at and get a guy
2: 53, man. I don't see that happening though. But Hey, Hey, what do we know? What do we know? I don't we know. Win,
1: win, win, yeah. Win, win, win. And maybe every I year, mean Eric every Turner year,
2: every year this happens.
1: Yeah. Guys. Uh, Najee Harris goes in the second round in this draft here at 34. Eric Turner's told me a few times, he says, I think he has first round grades. He hasn't told me specifically. I believe he has first round grades on both those running backs, but he's like, I'm not going to be shocked if both these guys go in the second, like, or if one of these guys is available at 61 to Buffalo. Um, So there's a scenario I think that it can play out that way. But I would have a tough time personally not trying to get up uh, and get this player because when when I look at a board too, yeah, there's some guys that'd be fine with taking at 61, but nobody's even on the level in my opinion of the football player that ETN is. No, Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, there's the tight ends. The uh, uh, Yeah, there's really nobody here that is going to... I mean, we could... Malafonwu. we could walk out with a cornerback. He's still available. Um, so he's, one know, we guy, could let-
2: he's one guy I'd be interested in. He'd probably be the one guy who the Bills could take at 61 where I wouldn't be pissed off and kicking myself for not moving up and getting Travis ATN.
1: Yeah, and 53 might be a good spot to move up to, although I don't know that either uh tennessee who's in at 53 nor the colts are going to be taking a running back uh so you could wait those two picks but i do think that there's a good chance pittsburgh's sitting right behind them there that i don't think he will or someone else test.
2: wants to move up or someone or somebody, somebody
1: else players. yeah somebody else moves up so then you have pittsburgh seattle i think could easily take a, a threat like him uh the i don't think the rams would i don't think they would you might have a tough time keeping McVay from taking an offensive weapon like that. Uh, then obviously, so the Ravens, Browns saints would all be right there too. I think maybe any of those teams could be threats, um, in this scenario. So I don't know if you want to try to to think
2: in my mind right now, like what would realistically in a real world, would it take to get up from 61? Let's see what it says in a
1: fake world first. And then I don't know if you've got the math to, Tell us what it would actually cost. But so we're going to swap second our second for theirs. Uh, It says if we offer just the second and the fifth, this year's fifth rounder, so we would lose both of our fifth rounders, uh, that it would be likely. um, How do you not do it? How do you not do it? A sixth would be unlikely. Just the seventh would be unlikely. I would give them even the fifth and the seventh. Just to make it very likely, that would make it very likely, and then we would. Sure. The bills would then only have a third and a sixth remaining.
2: That's fine. I, you got to get him. He's a he's a guy who could. He, People he'd are going to kill us.
1: I'm doing. I'm sending the offer. People are going to be. Uh, you don't Let trade him for us. Him
2: right it's not our fault. It's not our fault the draft network played out that way. And we've been we've been pretty realistic.
1: And we he's have- the best player on the board. They have him rated as the thirty third player. I, Greg makes fun of me because I change it every time I talk, but I have both these running back somewhere in the top 20, 15, 20 players, in my opinion, in this draft on any given day. Uh If you can get that at 53, I mean, you got to do it. You had in to do it. do
2: it. You got to do it, man. All right. So we'll, we took we'll, we'll deal ATN. with the consequence after. We took Travis ATN. And I, again, I'm not so much worried about the the compensation because you can always, if, if it's not enough, again, you gave up a fourth next year too, whatever have you. We're not giving up firsts and seconds next year to go out and get two first-rounders in this draft. That would be completely unrealistic. Right. But this scenario, hey, it happens. You know, a couple guys in, in real life, a couple guys that we expect to go somewhere between 15 to 30 end up falling from 45 to 60. It happens all the time. Totally. I don't think it's going to happen, though. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I don't see it happening. But it happened for us. So anyway, all right, so we took Travis A-10. We moved up from 61 to 53. And we, who was it? Tennessee. And we gave up our fifth and our seventh. So we only got two more picks. I'm good with this. I love this, man. Let's keep this ball rolling. So we're going to go to third. So now maybe it, we can move down and recoup a pick. I don't know. We could
1: does. move down and recoup it. I love draft scenarios that play out like this where I can continue to move up. I'm not going to lie. Me too. Uh, and I would be totally happy to move we up even a little yet. bit here, get rid of that six or maybe dip into like a future late and walk away with three top 100 players. If I can move get out of this draft with my board having three to four top 100 players no matter how I got to package those picks and I'm adding three four top 100 prospects to a AFC championship roster, I'm you're going to have to like it, the Next podcast I do, I will be totally insufferable with excitement of adding (laughs) that kind of talent. I will be. Uh, So there's a chance Melifonwu would be that guy for me right here. He's the second prospect available uh, on the board. I'm at 81, which is the Dolphins pick. I don't think he makes it to 93. We could run it out and see how it plays out a little bit more. Um, I mean, you got
2: a chance to get a corner who he's an outside corner not a starter, but a good developmental right. player. I don't know, man.
1: Naz- Azra Ladine is still their 95th rated player. He's still also going to be available. So these are things you also have to think about because we could get silly and make trades up. But Brandon Bean's also going to be thinking about what's what are you potentially missing by, by making that move? Uh, ben Cleveland, interior offensive lineman that I like quite a bit. I don't think he's going to come in and necessarily start, but could maybe challenge and learn and add depth to that position right now. Uh, he's still out there at the 92nd rated prospect for them. I'm trying to see who else uh, Tyson Campbell, the cornerback of Georgia is still there. Um, I think for the I the said, record, I, don't, Dean. I,
2: I don't think the bills are going to end up in a draft where they only have three picks. And I don't think you would necessarily think no. that either. This is kind of, but you know what, in fairness this is a bills mock draft and it is kind of Aaron Quinn playing general manager. So you do add the leeway. I mean, we're trying to be semi realistic here, but, we want to take one of these, you know, these mock draft versions and, and make some left hand turns. That's what we're kind of doing tonight.
1: Totally. So, M- Malafanu did go at 86. I, yeah. I saw him still staying on the board there, and I was about to pause it and see if I could pull a, a trade with either the Jets or the Steelers to get up there. Cause now you're talking moving up from 93 to 87. That's not sustainable. Yeah, let's just stay, you, at
2: ni- let's stay at 93. So then we'll yeah. come away with four guys. And, and to we'll, move up we'll be there,
1: you could probably dip into a future late. Yeah. And still keep your four picks this year and have moved up and not ever worry about it. But let's stay at 93 and see how yeah, this we'll plays out. Ben Cleveland's still on the board. I'd be happy to walk away. Nope. He just went to the Rams. So let's see here. We are. Is on our o'clock. boy
2: there at 93 that we've taken three times in four mocks in round three, Tyler Shelvin?
1: Uh, Shelvin's still here. I think I'm going to stay away from him in this mock scenario. Okay. I mean, let's talk it out. Let's see who's available. I just, if I keep mocking him to the bills, he'll definitely not go to the bills. Um, That's your
2: reasoning. <laughs> yeah. All
1: right. So he's still there. I'm trying to see who else is still here. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, obviously we already took a running back, but this is a guy if they missed on that, or the, the players weren't there, this is a guy again, I know bills probably don't want to see another third round guy, but I think he does add some traits that necessarily, uh Singletary and Moss don't have entirely. Hunter Long, uh Boston College tight end is sitting here. Not a sexy pick, but might the Bills might see something in him that matches what they're looking for at tight end. Uh Nazar Ledeen, I know they said they're not looking for the big nickel, but I do think in talking about picks that maybe you're now into the third round, thinking about the future, long term. Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, can you get a bigger, more safety athletic safety? Not been safety? addressed
2: anywhere. His safety has not depth. Safety depth has not been addressed. They did lose Dean Marlowe. We talked right. about this last week. That's the one spot this team has lost and not replenished via free agency. So, so I think
1: I do think you could. I think Nazarethian is going to be a guy that needs uh, development. I think I don't think he's ready to come in and play uh, the whatever perceived big nickel role and play a number of snaps. I think you draft a guy like this and Taron Johnson's still primarily your nickel. I think maybe this guy takes in that Dean Marlowe role uh, or a little bit less than a Dean Marlowe role and learns to be a good special teams contributor and learns the safety game from Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde for a few years. And hopefully that works so that when one of those guys moves on from the bills or moves on from football, that you have a young replacement that's just kind of coming into their prime. I think that's a great developmental pick to take right here. I and like it gives it. you the possibility to have that big nickel. I think exactly what uh, Brandon Bean talked about today. Here, I'm going to take him and we'll keep talking. So, we're taking Nazaluddin there.
2: So, we're taking Bra- Hamza, Nazaluddin, uh the safety from, I believe he's from Florida, Florida State. State,
1: right? Yep. But Brandon Bean, uh, what, was, what was I just going to say? I forgot. Anyways, um, taking a guy like that, though, that you can develop and not require – a ton out oh what, what I was gonna say was about the big nickel. Say so basically he are saying they're not gonna force it, right? They're not gonna go try to find that guy to fit that position. But if that guy's there and fills the need of depth at safety and the future at safety, but can also be have the size and speed to come up in the box and play some of that big nickel thing, then yeah, absolutely they'll do it and take it and love it. Like they, they would have that available to them if they can, but it's not something they're gonna force on this roster.
2: Now we got one more pick left. Our sixth rounder, and let's it's just take keep a while. it. Yeah, we're now in the this forest. is a guy. There's a guy that we've taken twice in this mock. Once we took him in the seventh, and last week we did take him in this spot, the sixth. Since you picked him twice, I did go and do some research on him, and I'm talking about Kurt, um, Cornell Powell, a receiver from Clemson. Yeah, I think the way our board fell, so we've taken a, d- a defensive end, a running back, and a safety. If a guy like him was there, I I I'd love to get him again.
1: Yeah. So after you're looking into him, I the more, the more I think about him as that late round guy that maybe you can develop into something not going to, I don't think he'll ever be a super explosive, crazy receiver, but I think he could carve out a nice role as a nice complimentary receiver in the NFL for many years. Is yeah, what I see. And,
2: and also too, it's worth it. I just thought of this Brandon Bean during his press conference on Tuesday. Um, it's a tight end position. He said, he talked about Tommy Sweeney is, is good to go now. And, you know, I, right. I'm not saying he's going to amount to anything, but that is a tight end who will physically be there and can't totally. to compete for, yeah. for a roster spot. So maybe, just maybe that might take the burden off trying to find a, a mid-round tight end project because maybe they still consider Sweeney a guy that that could do more developing as well. Just want to throw that out there.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And where we didn't have a pick for that long, one thing I think I mentioned it here is the willingness for me, a guy like me, to be willing to for the Bills to double dip at a couple of positions. And there's a few of them that just stand out to me that I'm okay to double dip. Cornerback, I wouldn't mind adding multiple players there in this draft. Edge, I just saw uh, in the fifth round, Weaver went off the board. I would have taken pay and still got in Weaver and slept well at night, knowing that I have two young uh, edge players on rookie sure. deals, controlled costs that I can control for the next four years and hope to develop. I think it's realistic. Too. I, think I
2: think that could happen. Yeah, I think it could I think, happen.
1: I think it's a, a great scenario. I think they like to have a lot of numbers at that position anyway. And the more young guys that you can develop while your Jerry Hughes and Addison are playing out the last year, uh, the better because they need a infusion of youth. So mm-hmm. We're sitting at 213. Uh, Cornell Powell is here. Shy Smith's here. Uh, another kind of wide receiver speedster guy I do like. Jalen Darden is here. Kind of fits that same old. Out of the three, I think I like Cornell Powell the most. I think he'll have the best shot at having success in the NFL. I think his game translates to the NFL. I think he could contribute as a rookie, but won't have to in this Bills scenario. I think he could be a guy like a Gabe Davis maybe that could come in and contribute, but Probably, hopefully, won't have to be relied on to do that in 2021. You're with it?
2: Yeah, I I like him. I've been sold on him. Like I said, I started doing some research on him because we've taken him twice. I'm good with that. Yep. And that'll conclude our picks for this draft, which, by the way, so here's how it's going to play out. All right, so Quiddy Pay was our our first round pick that we moved up um, three spots for. Travis ATN. so people out there listening are going to be like, he fell to 53. All right. That's what it was in our simulator. Yeah, we didn't make it out. But let's just say, okay, let's just pretend that Travis Etienne fell to 39, 40, something like that. And the Bills moved up and they gave up something next year to go get him. I think Travis Etienne being there in the second round and the Bills moving up to get him, I do think that that could be realistic. Him falling all the way to 53 and then them moving up. That Probably I don't think is realistic. But moving up to get him in the second round, who cares about what the compensation was. I mean, what we gave on the computer was fair. And even if we had to say it was a 2022 something else, whatever. So we got quitty Pay in the first. We moved up to get Travis Etienne in the second. Then in the third, we kept the pick. Um, Hamsa Nasler Dean, the, the safety from Florida State. And then in the sixth round, we got Cornwall Powell, the, the wide receiver from Clemson. Only four players, but again, 7-8 making this roster. Dude, I, right. I love it. I love I I think this would be an absolute drop down, almost almost perfect scenario for the Bills, man. I, I love this mock draft.
1: Yeah, this gives you a little bit of everything, I think. I think you get two guys in your first two picks that are going to probably participate in 2021 and give you something. I think uh as the may be able to give you some special teams, I haven't really watched any special teams reps on him to tell you if he can, can get in there and play that. I don't think you would expect to get much out of him, but I'd like that long-term development freak athletic prospect. That's something that being said that, it, you know, if you, that's the area in this draft where you maybe gamble a little bit more on the height, speed, measurable side of stuff and hope that you can, teach the rest of the game to, to to these guys. And those are the big kind of boom or bust guys that you take in the sixth round or whatever, uh, in the third round, third, fourth round, you start to go on the potential of the speed and height and athleticism a little bit more. You can afford to take those gambles. I think that's perfect. Then Powell, I think, you know, you've talked about it a number of times. Beasley's not getting any younger, Sam, Sanders isn't going to get any younger, right? You, you want to develop the, continue to develop the young guys, but you need to feed that stable of young wide receivers and continue to replenish it. And I, I think this is the probably safest route you can go late in the draft where you can get a guy that's probably going to be steady and, and be able to hang on your roster for a few years. I
2: think if the draft played out this way and you got a defensive end who's going to be part of the rotation right away and hopefully a future starter, certainly a future starter, you got a running back who could be a home run guy right off the bat. He brings something different than the offense. That Pass they catcher. Him. They just don't have the, what they don't have a Travis ATN on this roster right no. now. Whatsoever. Nazar is a complete developmental project that could pay off third round. Is, that's a good gamble to me. I, I like that. And then a receiver, you, you know, no, six round you develop. Who cares? See what happens. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. <laughs> who cares? Essentially. Uh One last thing too. And then the only thing that I look at and I'm like, all right, well, again, I was trying to play a little bit of devil's advocate, which by the way, you could never have a perfect no, box. No,
1: no, you no, know,
2: we didn't address corners. So basically sure. what we're doing is giving a, um, a vote of confidence to Levi Wallace and, and yeah. the Dane Jackson for this year. And you or, did mention this on Twitter. Yeah. There are still free agents out there that, you know, after this, again, draft, not are going to be out there.
1: Not sexy, but proven NFL production. Um, knows these types of schemes. There's a couple of guys out there and that stuff matters to Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier. I think at the end of the day, yeah, they want to replace it with a young guy, but I think they want to also have guys out there that they trust. And maybe they'll take a lack of athleticism by a step in order to have a guy that they know is going to be in position and do the right thing in their zone and is a solid tackler and things like that. Like those things matter to those guys. I know it's not sexy and fans, want to see a new shiny toy at that position, but there's a scenario like this that plays out where it just doesn't really shake out that over the weekend, you're able to bring in one of the top cornerbacks and that's okay. I think there's going to be guys that you could roll through this season and maybe aggressively pursue that cornerback to next year in the draft, the same way we went after edge this year. Uh, You're going to go get one of those guys. It's either going to be an edge or a cornerback this year, and you're probably not going to be able to get a top of whatever the other position.
2: Got one more mock draft to go. I think the last thing left, our last mission is let's find a way next week to get get into the top 10.
1: We want (laughs) to get, no,
2: we want to get Elijah Vera Tucker. So we're going to have to find a way to get into those mid-teens. We'll (laughs) see if we could uh, find a realistic way to do that. But uh, that remains to be seen if we'll be able to do that. Anyway, make sure you give Aaron a follow on Twitter at Aaron Quinn, 716. Don't Facebook request him because he ain't
1: on Facebook. I'm I'm not there. One thing I want to give a shout out to your boy, Joe. Saw that he got engaged. Yeah, he did. Found somebody to love his miserable ass. I, I'm so happy for him. It's awesome.
2: Yeah, I want to Let's see if this girl can make him soft a little bit. I, I said this <laughs> I up the Maybe edges. he'll ease off on the Josh Allen stands and Buffalo yeah. Twitter and, and all the Donald Trumpsters out there. He's going to be world. too
1: busy new wedding planning to be bugging me on Twitter anymore.
2: <laughs> anyway, thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in. If you have not subscribed, please go ahead and do that right now. I will be back with a brand new episode on Friday. Casual Friday with my buddy Del Reed. Talk to you soon.